I was 72 hours, I was just tripping balls. So. Yeah. So it's a long well, journey. I went to the holding facility naked. Oh. Yeah, they had to decontaminate me. Wow. Yeah, because I wasn't talking. Oh. All right. You're not going to say anything. We're going to decontaminate you. They cut off my clothes in front of uh, all my neighbors, right next to a school. Oh, my God. Yeah. In a kiddie pool, like this little makeshift kiddie pool. Welcome to the Dirtbag Chronicles. My name is Brian and I am your host. Today we have a great episode for you. Uh, this is Matt. And Matt, why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, my name is Matt, also known as Red Dog to some. Um, I uh, have a, a, a case where the DA thought they caught a very big kingpin, in which they didn't. Okay. Um, but... Uh, Essentially, what had happened is that, uh, and I'm, this will probably relate to a lot of people in which, you know, easy money. You know, we always are trying to look for extra ways to make a little extra money. And uh, I thought that I was a smart kid at the time. I was 21. And uh, I came across, um, you know, how to make ecstasy. And it wasn't something I wanted to do. Okay. You know. And now, were you taking ecstasy at that time? No, you, you... I had taken it before, but I just know that it was one of those party drugs that you know people could easily get in the area. Yeah, and so I was thinking, well, if that's the case, maybe I can sell something that would help make it. Yeah. Um. So you're a businessman, correct? And like entrepreneur. And so then, so to, to start this is that there's one precursor and it's very hard to get as an essential oil and this oil is what you would make for fragrance perfume soaps root beers um what else uh, it's just you know there's other uses for this essential oil mm -hmm. but the reason why it was so special is that it was required in order to make ecstasy and that is sassafras oil yeah and so i and at the time, I was working three jobs. I was working as a server, and it was my first time ever doing a serving job, and I hated it. I was working as a gas station attendant for the third shift, which is your late night shift. Yeah. And uh, I was also delivering pizzas at the time. Okay. So, you know, probably lack of sleep also aided into this decision-making process. Okay. But uh, I did come across a website. It was a French website. And granted, this was in 2005. Was this on the dark web? Or no. Was this this okay. is provincesense.com. Okay. was the name of the website. So, and it was a French, like, you would order it. They took PayPal. Um, and at the time, and this is, like, from some, you know, the, the laws I looked at, Sassafras was still legal. Yeah. It's, it's, also, right and it's also indigenous to uh, certain areas of the southeast. Okay. So and that's why you can still grow the sassafras root uh, and, you know, to extract the essential oil. Mm -hmm. But buying the essential oil itself is, I guess, illegal. Uh, or it was scheduled substance at the, uh, in 2005. Okay. So I ended up purchasing four kilograms of uh, 
this oil. That's and, a lot, isn't it? Um, yeah, it was quite a bit. Now, now put that into like let's put that into terms that I can understand. Okay, is that gallons? Is that like so a bottle? A, is it would it, be a liquid that you would receive it okay. as. Um, and in this case, it's probably going to be maybe two, three liters, maybe maybe four liters okay. of essential oil. Okay. Now, keep in mind that sassafras oil itself is not what you need to make it ecstasy. <laughs> I don't want to tell people how to make it, but uh, <laughs> you would have to extract the active ingredient or the active chemical of that oil, which is saffron, and that's what the actual illegal uh, substance is, the scheduled substance. Okay. So uh, what had happened is uh, I bought all this oil, was going to resell it on eBay. You know, gray area I thought of the law. I was like, not going to ask any questions. Yeah. Here we go. You know, make make some money. And uh, it didn't work out the way I wanted it to. Yeah. Does yeah. it ever? No. <laughs> it did, never no. did for there's me. No, like, and I would later learn yeah. in life, there's really no way to make easy money. Yeah. You know, it all requires some sort of hard work. Yeah, or sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. or sacrifice. Yes, correct, correct. Because um, even the people that thought they made easy money, the people that I would later meet in prison, were in prison. Yeah. So even though they did have money waiting for them, they still had to do 10, 12, you know, yeah. 15, 20 years yep. uh, in order to get it. So... And would you do 20 years to, you know, for, you know, a few million dollars? I don't know. Uh, it depends. Not in the state penitentiary. Okay, that's, that's, for true, sure. that's, true, that's, true. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. And true. it depends how much money. Yeah. But right now, at this point in my life, there's no fucking way. There's yeah. no way that I would I would chance that or, or risk anything like yeah. that. And, then, and, you know, you would, you know, because no, nobody likes going to a place where you lose pretty much a, any freedom. Yeah, you have to get naked, squat and cough all the yeah. time. You have to, yeah, piss in your bedroom. I was going to say, bedroom. I only had to do that once. But oh, yeah. Well, lucky you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you're ever going to do anything bad, get arrested by the feds. Yeah, make it federal. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I would later also learn uh, in the holding facility when I was arrested. I was like, oh, you're going to be taken care of the feds or by the feds. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was county time like for you? Um. So uh, when I was arrested, I was uh, so, uh, and I'll get back into the story of the arrest. But okay. I went to the holding facility naked. Oh, yeah, they had to decontaminate me. Wow. Yeah, because I wasn't talking. Oh, and so it was kind of like, all right, you're not going to say anything. We're going to decontaminate you, and uh, they cut off my clothes in front of uh, all my neighbors, right next to a school. Oh, my God. Yeah. In a kiddie pool, like this little makeshift kiddie pool. And they had a yellow bristle brush with some palm olive uh, uh, some soap. And, uh, yeah. So why, why, why did they do that? Were you— So in 2004, Hurricane Ivan hit, and I was watching our two dogs, or my parents' two dogs. And they got into a fight. And one cut the, the ear. The dogs or your parents? Yeah, no, no, the, the dogs. Okay. <laughs> and one cut the ear of the uh, one of the dogs. And you know how they do the the flicking yeah. of the ears after, like, you know, after they've been tasseling. But in this case, he got blood onto the wall. They thought it was red phosphorus, which is um, yeah. something we'd find not really with ecstasy, but more like methamphetamines. Yeah. 
And so they thought I'd been cooking something in my bathroom. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And they thought you were doing that because you had all Because I that. bought, no, I, because I bought the sassafras oil. So they just assumed yeah. that I was going to be, uh, or that had, had been. Cooking uh, mess. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. So they decontaminate you in front of your yard. Is this midday, daylight? Yes. Yeah, it's around noon. And you're completely in the, naked? In the beginning of June. And like, yeah. What so the a, fuck? Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. is that even? I And so, and I would later meet, uh, and for all the older people out there, uh, Noriega, uh, the during the Iran Contra scandal, yeah. Noriega's attorney helped me actually try to sue the DA on it. Uh, we just didn't know the actual agents that hey, I knew one agent. Yeah. I'm not gonna say his name because he might still be active. And, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we didn't know the seven agents that were part of the whole. You know, the, uh, whoever arrested me that did that. Okay. So we couldn't actually sue. So let's talk about that. So you order this stuff on a website. Yeah. And it gets shipped to your house. Yeah. And. They caught you with it or they knew that so, you were ordering and this, it? And then this is the other thing, too. At the time, there was nothing – think of a crime that had not been committed yet. Yeah. Because I hadn't taken the yeah. SAS festival. Like, it wasn't – Broken down. Yeah, it wasn't in my possession at the time. And a lot of this hinged on this new uh, – this new thing called anticipatory where they anticipate a crime to be committed by somebody – which allows them to then, uh, you know, go for the arrest warrant. Uh-huh. Uh, in this case, or in a search warrant as well. So they were anticipating a crime to be committed, which would be in the possession of the Sassafras oil. Now, there was between, you know, this is a federal case, so it's not states, but it's the uh, federal courts. So there was a disagreement between, like, the, the Ninth Circuit and the Fourth Circuit as to the legality of anticipatory search warrants, mm-hmm. for example. And uh, the Supreme Court ended up ruling that they were illegal as long as it was based on uh, good, you know, usually the, the whatever the standard is good for, boy. yeah, yep. like the good, uh, um, what is it, like uh, truthful, factual information okay. that they had received that a crime had been committed or would be committed. Yeah. And so they had an informant that was working with the website that passed along the information, which is all what they really needed. Yeah. And so you had never committed a crime or been no, in trouble? any never. Time. The yeah. only thing I had done is speeding tickets. So. Okay. So this is your first time in trouble. Yeah. Now they think you're this big drug lord, yeah. cook, and all so, this you know, other so stuff. So who showed up my door was uh, DEA, ATF, uh, FBI, I believe it was. Oklahoma Drug North Oklahoma County Drug Task Force, and uh, the postal inspectors were there. It said something about the French postal inspectors also being there. Shit, I do remember the black SUVs and then the helicopter in the air. Yeah. So I was I honestly between the you know moment of whenever they knocked you know uh, you know pretty much announcing their arrival yeah to the time that they busted in the door I was like should I leave. Should I go? Because, you know, I could have had a clear path, clear shot to the backyard. Yeah. And uh, Did you? No. Because <laughs> uh, I also knew that if I were to flee, that's just another, you know, charge. Yeah. So, or if I were to dispose of the evidence, that's another charge. I can't, like, yeah. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. Yeah. 
And um, being somebody that's never been in trouble. Well, I watched, and like I watched a lot, like, a lot of Law and Order when I was yeah. eighteen. One of the things I wanted to do was be a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and how old were you when this went down? Uh, twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's why I, I kind of knew how the legal system worked. I knew if I ever was in trouble, never, never. And this goes to anybody that is ever in trouble. Don't ever talk to them. Yeah. Ever. Do not ever talk to them. Yeah. You cannot talk yourself out of it. You know, you can always talk yourself into some shit, yes, but you can't ever exactly. talk yourself out of it. Exactly. They will threaten. They might threaten you, you know, by not talking. Yeah. All you have to say is that you just want to speak to your attorney. Yeah. And if you don't have an attorney, just say you want to speak to your attorney because <laughs> yeah. one will be appointed for you if you cannot afford one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a ride, ain't it? Yes. Yeah. That's good advice. Yes. Because a lot of people, they they are feeling guilty and shameful, whatever. Or they think they're going to talk themselves out of it. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah. That's the thing, because they already know what's probably going to go down. And by you mm-hmm. talking to them, it's not going to change what they already know. No, they're just adding to it. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. what they think they already know. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit before that all happened, because I'm kind of interested on how a a good dude— uh, you know, with no criminal background, not really in the game, because um, you're not an addict either, are you? No. <clears throat> so you're just wanting to make this money. What? Let's talk about the years before that that kind of led up to this this day. Um, so <clears throat> essentially, what had happened is in 2000, late 2004, I was you know in love, first girlfriend. Yeah. Ended up breaking up. She ended up going out with my then best friend. They ended up actually getting married. Oh, shit. Yeah. How long did you date her? Uh, you know, Two years. Yeah. It's uh, a good little relationship. You uh, know? Yeah, I know. And then we, her parents want, like, would talk about if, hey, if you, you know, when you guys get married, we want you to, uh, you know, use so-and-so, you know, to, to officiate the wedding. And it's like, well, I always thought that was kind of weird at the time, but, you know. Yeah. Your first love kind of thing. So, yeah. That first heartbreak's a bitch. Yeah. 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 But— she was also the one that got me onto doing things such as ecstasy and okay. uh, the first drug that she ever got me to take, which was she tricked me, which was acid, or it's actually acid and ecstasy at the same time. It's what they call trolling. Or, yeah. So, yeah. 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 So how would, how was that experience? It opened my mind. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was, it was scary as fuck, but or yeah. I don't know if I can say no, that, but can. yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was kind of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, I remember when in, when I was in active addiction, I would take MDMA and acid, and it's called candy flipping. Okay. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, dude, I loved LSD. Yeah. yeah. And I loved M- MDMA. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Like, it made me feel good. And then when I would take acid, <clears throat> it, I would just feel one with everything. Like, the trees and shit would breathe. And, yeah. like, it was fun. It was, a, and, and it changed my perspective on the world, you know? Yeah. Like, it did a lot of, a lot of good for me. Yeah. Uh, but it also... I don't believe LSD is one of those addictive drugs where you get strung out on acid and yeah. But I mean, I guess some people could. It's still a, a mind altering. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, and I know with like mine, the, that was that was seventy two hours. I was just tripping balls. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, That's a long fucking well, trip. Well, like at one point, sure, I think I tried killing myself because I could. I felt like I could control my breathing to where I was like. Just stopping breathing, yeah. like and it, you know, your sense of time is totally distorted. So yeah. you don't know how long you've stopped breathing for. 
but I told because uh, my uh, ex, you know, then girlfriend at the time, I was like, "Hey, will you make sure I keep, continue to breathe?" And she was so tired because she had been up all night with me, anyways. Yeah. And she was. She took, I guess, one herself, but then she ended up throwing it out or throwing it up, it up and yeah. to the toilet. And uh, yeah, so. She, she was playing babysitter, essentially, yeah. or whatever they call the trip guider or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, LSD. Like anytime I ever took it, I would just laugh for hours. I mean, that when I would finally sober up and come off the trip, like my cheeks would hurt. I'd have abs. Yeah. I mean, everything was just because I would just laugh all I, the night. Mine was paranoid. I yeah. was. I was. I was so paranoid. <laughs> we went to TGI Fridays. I thought the weeder was an FBI agent, <laughs> and then she did. I don't think she yeah. tipped the guy because it was like the worst. I think, and I will agree, it was the worst service we ever had. Yeah, but. Yeah, you hear it, that TGI Fridays? Well, yeah, yeah. We don't even have a Fuck TGI Fridays. Yeah, we don't Fridays. even have a TGI Fridays in our area anymore because yeah. so bad. But um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that she spelled out no tip and pennies on the table. Oh my god! I know. That's <laughs> I know. I feel bad for well, the server now. Yeah, I know. Fuck you like, guys. I know. Like, well, we know. I never went back to TGI yeah. Fridays, so. <laughs> Okay, so let, let's talk a little bit about that relationship. I kind of want to know about that relationship because, you know, a lot of people, and me, myself, personally, I can relate to that first breakup and that first heartbreak. It's devastating. I mean, it hurts so fucking bad. Like, I mean, I I went through so much shit after mine. And, yeah. I mean, I tried suicide and I got strung out on coke and anything I could get my hands on. So how did you cope with that? Without I started working the three jobs. Okay. And so to just keep my mind, yeah, keep my mind busy. Okay. And then um, and then I was like, There's, and I, at the same time, you know, cost of living in Florida is high. Yeah. And working like both uh, gas station job is just minimum wage, right? And uh, pizza delivery is technically minimum wage, but you get tips. And uh, the serving job was, I just hated that that job. <laughs> I, so many entitled people. Yeah. Like that's, that was my issue. It's, yeah. You can never please everybody, as, even as hard as you could try. It's, right. And some of it was out of your control. Yeah, that's a good life lesson, too. Yeah. Quit trying to people please and just please yeah. yourself, do what's right yeah. for you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so I was just like, there's got to be an easier way. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've, I've dabbled in doing like entrepreneurship before, be it website design or something like that. Yeah. And I just thought this would be an easier way because. I think about how much money that they would be profiting off of this. Yeah. So. So did you already knew the people to sell it to? No. Uh, and I just knew that in the United States, like trying to find it in the United States was hard at the time. Yeah. That's why I was like, well, I'll do that. Yeah. Because it's so easy for me to import it, just like be an importer of the essential oil mm -hmm. and maybe some other essential oils just to, you know, make it look like a legitimate business. Yeah. But uh, and you yeah. said it was about three liters. Uh, yeah, four kilograms is about eight point eight pounds. So, okay. Um, okay. It's either three or four liters, probably. How, what's the street value on that? Um, I would later find out I was able that, uh, according to prosecution, I was going to be able to make forty million dollars worth of ecstasy. Oh my God, that's a lot. Yeah. Did you know that? That's no, how I much? did not. I I just I, whatever. So the amount that I bought was pretty much the only the amount that I could afford to buy yeah. at the time. 
and so million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that would have been quick, easy <laughs> come up right there. That that's a lick. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That wow. Especially when they go for like intent to manufacture or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, let's go on to a little bit more about the rest. You you got decontaminated naked out in your front yard in mid daylight with all your neighbors able to see and everything. Yeah, one of them videotaped it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So and then they come back and you tried to sue them. Yes. Okay. Well, when, with the help of a, and this is while I was in prison, uh, after I had told my story to um, Noriega's attorney. And I can't remember his name. He was this really big guy, though. Yeah. And uh, he was always at the bocce court. Um, he would never play bocce, but it was just where the older people yeah. were. And uh, so in, yeah, we found federal we, prison, yes, right? Yeah, in federal. Okay. Yeah. And so what we uh, we did was we filed our case, and um, pretty much we we were just. It, it could just go through because we just did not have the defendant's names. We couldn't do John Doe. Because mm-hmm. we did not, we had, they wanted us to have actual specific names for us to serve the paperwork. So, and uh, it was going to be hard for them to release that. Inf- like we could have done it like a Freedom Information Act to try to get the names, or but it was it was kind of like an uphill battle. And at that point too, I just wanted to do my time and get the the heck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how long did you end up doing? Uh, so. I was facing at the end of, you know, right before I ended up pleading guilty, um, you know, if I if I went to trial, I'd be facing 40 years to 20-year terms, and uh, the judge ended up giving me 15 months. And you had a, you had a paid lawyer or a public no, defender? No, I had a public defender. Oh, wow. And wow. Uh, I was lucky because I think one of the attorneys that my, mom's, my mom was friends <laughs> with had... Uh, maybe suggested to the lead public defender in the district to take the case, and he did. Yeah. And so, and I, I actually enjoyed it because, like I said, I like to do. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger, and uh, I I did a lot of legal research. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I, when I was locked up, I did a lot of legal research too yeah. on the law library and yeah. things like that. You you learn a lot when you ain't got shit to do and you're just sitting oh, around. Yeah. Because county jail was awful. Did you make bond when you were? I was released on my own recognizance oh, to my wow. grandparents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So when the court looked at yeah, your, I was lucky too, by the way, because <laughs> they, the, my, every the investigator, everybody told me that I was not. I was going to end up having to, like, I'd be lucky to actually be for what I was charged with. I was going to be lucky to be uh, bailed out. What were you ex- actually charged with? Um, I was charged with three things. One was possession. One was uh, possession of saffron, which was, I was like, I don't understand this because technically it was sassafras oil. But again, if you have sassafras oil, you have saffron because the active ingredient of the uh, sassafras oil. Because they probably thought because you ordered so much, that's exactly what you were going to do with it, which is what flagged it. Right, right, to extract the saffron out of it. Even though that wasn't the intent. It was just to sell the sassafras oil and then, you know, whoever bought it would do whatever Whatever the fuck they wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then it was possession of the saffron to with intent to manufacture, and then it was possession. There was another one. They got rid of that one. I don't remember what the third one exactly was, but it was another possession charge essentially. Okay. 
So, okay. So you ended up getting how how much time? So fifteen months. Fifteen months, and yeah. that, and then you were done. You didn't have any parole after that, or um, I had three years of supervised release. Okay. And I do mm, six or eight weeks in the halfway house. Okay. Yeah. So that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah. How was the halfway house? Um, you know, it's a money grab. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, essentially, you just gotta give them pretty much all your paycheck, and yeah. you have a plate like a bunk bed. Yeah. I I I honestly did not see the purpose of it. Okay. Okay. Did you have to go to meetings or do anything? No. Um. You just you essentially are. It's just kind of like uh, you know, it's like you're free, but you're not free. Right, because mm-hmm. if you if you do anything stupid, if you violate, uh, you go back to prison. But all what they're trying to do is make you go to work because they want to get paid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> let's go uh, back to your ex- prison experience. How, you were in county for how long before One you day. went to prison? One day. Well, I was in. I was only in, so I went, you got bonded. Yeah. You bonded yeah. Yeah. So I never went to, I didn't go to prison initially until I was sentenced. So I went to, I, I went to Oakland County uh, with just a clear trash bag on and uh, took my mugshot. And I have another theory, and I don't know if this theory is really true, but I can never find my mugshot. If you smile and just don't look guilty, they're not going to publish your photo in the newspaper. <laughs> I don't know. I've seen some mugshots where. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing. I'm like, but yeah. I looked like I was super young. I looked like yeah. <laughs> like this kid didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So so when when you were in court and they looked at that file and noticed that they didn't have you didn't you didn't have a record, maybe a speeding ticket. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even try to offer probation or anything like no, that. No, because they have mandatory minimums and. Uh, like okay. mandatory, well, mandatory uh, sentencing guidelines for federal cases. And this is in the state of Florida that yeah. this all happened, but it's federal, so it correct. So regardless, um, I was going to like I was already told I was going to do time. Like there was a fat chance that they were going to deviate that far from the sentencing guidelines because yeah. they essentially what the prosecution does after you do your pleading, if you do plead or if you are convicted by a jury or by a bench trial. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a pre-trial report essentially that will, you know, what the prosecution is going to ask you and it pretty much, you know, tallies up a score and that score is going to equate to how many months you're going to spend in prison. Yeah. And okay. so the judge can deviate, but it's, they, they're, they still got to give you time. You, yeah. You're not going to get away with just probation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you spent a day in county jail, uh, pretty much just well, to go um, into I was going to say, I, been like, I ended up in the Scambia County because um, I did, like, I got transferred to Oakland County, put into like a drunk holding tank um, without any sort of clothes on. And then, um, then I got sent over to Scambia County with the DEA. And then that's where I ended up getting some clothes. And uh, they gave me, like, pants that were too big that kept falling down. And then uh, the top was too small. Yeah. And went up to my belly button. Looking real cute. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) And I was hungry. Yeah. And I met some guy that was just coming off heroin who actually got me a Snickers bar. I was like, damn. Yeah. Snickers in jail ain't too bad. I was going to (laughs) say, I felt lucky. Yeah. And then uh, I remember one guy, 
you know, uh, he's sitting right behind me. And again, I, I'm a paranoid person typically. So I, you know, when somebody is sitting behind you trying to figure out what you've been, what you got in trouble for, yeah. I want to think he's a government plant, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to talk to him. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to anybody but my attorney. Well, don't ever try methamphetamine because that shit will make you really, really paranoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, this guy is like sitting right behind me. He's got this big dragon on his chest. Yeah. You know, and he's like, what you in here for? Uh, yeah. And I'm just like... <laughs> Just pretending like he doesn't exist. And he's yeah. like guessing and guessing. He ends up guessing, you know, uh, almost the correct offense. Yeah. Uh, just not the right drug. But, yeah, I just, I still never said anything to him, you know? Yeah. But it was just, it was funny because I just, I remember that guy. I'm like, man. And I always wonder, like, was he, you know, just put in there trying to get my yeah. side of the story that maybe I would say something that would incriminate yeah. me? Um, but yeah, yeah. So, but then I spent the night in Escambia County that morning. I got put into the federal courthouse and then underneath the federal courthouse is a holding facility. And then you get to meet your magistrate who then pretty much arranged, you know, for the arraignment. Gives you a bond. Yeah. Like and then, yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was, uh, more or less interesting because my attorney at the time was not the same attorney that would later have. Couldn't pronounce the, uh, the actual, like, m you know, MDMA is, like, the long form of the name. Mm, even I forgot what it is. Yeah, I can't even. I yeah. just know it is MDMA. 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 Yeah, exactly, exactly. The good shit. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, what was your first day of prison like? Um, I was, so, before prison, I didn't know what to expect. Because there was also two places I could have gone. I could have gone to the medium security place in Mariana, or I was going to go to low security in Pensacola. At the time of sentencing, I was sentenced with two MS-13 gang members, which you could really have gone either way. I could have been yeah. sentenced to Mariana with them, or I would look like an angel and be sentenced to low security yeah. in Pensacola. And I got... Low security, so well, good for you. Yeah. So, what was that? What was federal prison like? Because I've never experienced That's a summer federal camp. prison. Is it? You okay. Know, so the club fed is really what it is. So, okay. Um, and on top of that, I was the youngest guy there. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was nobody that could believe that you know that I should be in there. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a baby compared to everybody. <laughs> did you have any? Did you get along with everybody? Oh yeah, there? yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. That was the thing is, you know, they all all what they're trying to do is just get out themselves, right? So they're all just trying to be on their best behavior. Yeah. So and that was like at first I didn't really see that, right? Uh, just because you you see prison stuff on TV, striking this idea like, oh my god, I got to protect my butt, you know? Yeah. You know, showers are going to be yeah. awkward. That's against butts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, it's it's. It's not the, the one thing you have to worry about is staff infection, you know? Yeah. Uh, not, you know, somebody else coming up to you. Yeah, that's so. not too bad to worry about. In, if, in federal prison. Yeah. I don't know how it is for state prison. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, did you have a job in there or anything yeah, like I was that? Yeah, I baker's – I was – I wasn't the head baker. I was just – a Like a sous like, chef. Yeah, like <laughs> I was below him. Yeah. Um, but I was the other baker. Okay. So I was the second highest paid prisoner there. 
Okay. Because we worked every day. So I've never experienced being paid to work in prison. So what, what, how did you get paid? What was that like? So I would, um, at first I was making like maybe 16 or $18 an hour. And, um, we, an hour. Yeah. Or I swear <laughs> a month, a month, okay. 16 to $18 a month. Let me just, okay. I was like, damn, <laughs> so that's a good I'm, I'm job. So, I'm so used to saying an hour. Cause that's yeah. how what, you know, you make on the outside. Yeah. But, like, uh, damn, I need to go to federal prison, yeah. save up some dollars. No, so 16, $18 <laughs> like a month. Okay. And, um, you know, use that money for your commissary and essentially for 16 to $18, you really can't buy anything then. Right. Yeah. You can buy a bunch of mackerel and that's Yuck. it. Look. Hmm? I do not like Jack Mac. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I got used to it, but, yeah. Ooh, but that was also it. currency, you know? Yeah. That's how like, you're playing cards or. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of miss those days, but. Playing cards? Well, no, just like the whole, you know, the currency that, yeah. you know, how, like the economics of what prison is, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But then uh, after a month, we, we demanded a raise because we were the only ones that would work every single day. We never had a day off. And we would literally work from essentially 4, 4.30 in the morning to about 5.30 in the evening. And so it was a you – know, but it helped pass the time. So that's yeah. the reason why I enjoyed the job. Yeah. And I also got to you know actually make the one thing that all the prisoners wanted to eat. There was a downside to that. If you mess up, if you don't make you know a, something good, yeah, you're gonna hear about it later. Yeah, did so, you ever sneak any food back yeah, from definitely. the kitchen? The first day, the first day, oh, actually, that, that was a test. So, okay. um, I met one of my uh, like bunk mates. Uh, his nickname is BDD. Also known as Big Dick Dave. Big Dick Dave. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I always was like, hmm. Yeah. You know, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Usually when people are like that, they don't have. Big dicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I never was like, chew me, you know, because yeah. that's just been too weird. <laughs> um, but we strapped about 12 donuts around my, my uh, torso. Yeah. And I ran right into a CO as I'm leaving. And CO uh, Walsh, and he has his Oakleys on. He takes them off a little bit, scans me up and down. He, I'm pretty sure he saw like, yeah, fuck, yeah, you know, he's got donuts. And he's like, his where are the donuts at? I'm like, oh, there's some in the back. So, <laughs> so you got away. Yeah, I got away. That's I got your, away. That's like your. That first... was the only time though that I would later like ever get caught with having yeah by a CEO. Like I'm again wasn't really caught, but I'm pretty sure yeah. he knew that. Yeah, because he asked me immediately where the donuts yeah. were. I remember running my first, you know, putting in my work for the first time, trying to carry shit back, and yeah, you're like, oh, the first time you're real nervous. You're like, shit, everybody knows that I got yeah. this on me, and then. You know, then it gets easier as you keep doing it. Well, yeah, you 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 realize that you know, you have tools at your disposal. Um, like we had our white like little mesh bags. Yeah, and then you would go to do your laundry, pick up your laundry, and then you know, depending on where you could put said product in the back of the you know facility, you could just easily just grab it and put it in there. And usually, you wouldn't be able to see it mix in with all your clothes. Yeah. So okay, that's what we did with like monkey bread and whatnot. So yeah, so you had the you had the the hookup. I mean, you, it sounds like you had the best. So job. yeah, and then all the prisoners would come to us for so like uh, one of the things that we would do is like make cookies. 
okay. um, that were not on the menu. Uh, then we go to the vending machines that we had. And because our, uh, yeah, the cards would have like a balance, you know, that mm -hmm. your family members would put on it. So you go to the vending machine, buy Coke or, you know, one of the um, candy bars or something like that. And so you'd have people that would buy like, you know, Hershey's and M&M's and stuff like that. And they would want those, you know, to be made into cookies. Yeah. And so that's what we would do. Okay. So you had a little hustle. Yeah. I've, I, I did it sometimes only when Dave would not want to do it. Let's call him by his name. Okay. Big Dick Dave. Yeah, okay. Big Dick Dave. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Big Dick Dave. Yeah. If you're still alive. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he was. He, I think it was like seventy or sixty-five or seventy at the time. So. Oh shit! Or he could have been younger. He just might have looked really older. He might be dead, Dick Dave. Yeah, now. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why I do wonder where. Um, like I didn't really keep up with any of them because we're not supposed to after you get out. Yeah. Um, and uh, I do wonder what some of them are doing. They did make a movie about one of the guys. That I was in there with, they uh, Matt Damon actually played him in uh, the informant. I always thought it was weird that the informant, though, and it, like the ending is not true to life. It has him being released from a South Carolina prison, I believe, when he was actually released from Pensacola. Huh. And I always wondered why they made that change. I I don't know. Yeah, if, if somebody knows, yeah. comment. Let us yeah, know. Mark Whitaker. Yeah. If you're around. <laughs> okay. So uh, how, you were in prison for 15 months in federal prison. Yeah. Or, it, yeah no, so when you do 15 months, you, you really only do 12 of them good behavior. So okay. I was there uh, actually one year shy or one day shy of a year. Okay. So. Okay. Did you have support? Were you getting letters in the mail, money on your books, stuff like that? Um, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My, uh, my mom, my grandma would actually come see me a lot. Uh, my mom would uh, see me. My dad was a fugitive at the time, uh, like halfway through, because oh, wow. he stopped paying child support. Oh, so uh, he didn't show yeah. up for the you know second half of my term. Yeah, don't show up to a prison if you have warrants. Yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So okay. So <clears throat> so prison was pretty straightforward. Low minimum security prison. Yeah. You had a good job. I mean, you you didn't witness, did you witness any fights? Any? I witnessed somebody die in front of me from okay. a heat stroke from we were playing uh, soccer. Sounds like a tough fucking prison. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was like so whenever they did find out that I was going to be released soon, yeah. they did start spreading a rumor to try to get me to stay there, which would have ended my good behavior. Yeah, which was uh, somebody stole the chickens uh, that were in the freezer. And I technically would have access to said area. And so the CO uh, was one of them that was investigating as to what had happened to all their uh, poultry, was asking me who Red Dog was. And I was like, that's me. Why? And uh, he explained to me what was going on. I was like, I don't... It, like, I'm, I'm, I would later... I would have a theory. Yeah. And so we had... Dorm A, dorm B, dorm C. And I believe somebody in dorm A ended up getting all these chickens because that's where all the chicken was coming from. <laughs> did you tell? No. No? Because, I, I mean, even if I did know, I 
I really didn't know who it could have been because most of the kitchen workers were in Dormé. Yeah. So, and I didn't want to, you know, then maybe get hurt. Right. So, if, right. you know, because. Yeah. Yeah, snitches get stitches, right? <laughs> snitches get stitches. Oh, yep, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Okay, so um, anything else real crazy happened while you were in prison? Uh, no, I just, I mean, you any know. Any cell phones, any drugs, so, yeah, and cigarettes? So, like, in the, oh, uh, you know, I learned how to make a, what do you call the Hooch? Yeah, hooch. Okay. Yeah, hooch. Um, Did you get drunk? I didn't. I yeah. didn't. I wanted to be good and just get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know, I didn't have that much time, but, you know, for somebody that had five, ten years left, probably, you yeah, know, might be different. Um, you know, and there's a lot of people that would smuggle, like, protein and cell phones in, but they would always get caught. Wait, they were sneaking protein in? Yeah, protein powder. Okay. Because the only protein powder that we'd be able to buy at the commissary was egg, uh, like, dried egg powder, which okay. is— just disgusting. Were the guards bringing that in or? No, no. It's just, uh, I know one of the family members that would come to like uh, for visitation would pretty much dump it in the trash. And I guess that's how they were getting it in. Oh, wow. Um, I guess protein powder, dogs don't smell it. You know, it's yeah, like. Well, we really didn't have like dogs there too. No? I don't recall okay. seeing dogs. A lot of it was done just by them visually checking, like, areas. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had a drone that drops things off at one point. Um, but I believe that one, like, it eventually got caught. Because um, there was a public access road right next to us in a big, big field. And they could easily just throw things across the fence they really oh, wanted wow. to at night. So, wow. Yeah. So it wasn't very heavily secured. I mean, it I mean, was just, they, I mean, so they have uh, there towers. A, there and guns. A, yeah, there's no towers and guns and stuff like that. Um, it just it, it honestly reminded me as a kid is like going to summer camp. Wow. Yeah. That's not a bad little prison well, trip. Well, you know, but the the thing about it was like you can't like I I grew up on a computer. No, like you do have a computer to learn maybe a different language yeah. or to learn how to re-integrate uh, back into society. And I had not been away from society too long to, you know, yeah. know what, um, just like I, I felt like I would be right back at home if I were to come back into society. Yeah. Whereas my bunkmate, Mike Trammell, who had been in prison for almost 20 years, was scared to death. So, because, yeah. and he was talking about how he was going to probably violate and come back because that's the only thing he knows how to do. Yeah. And it was kind of sad. Yeah. And I don't know what ever happened to him. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I just know it's different for people that have different times. Absolutely different prisons and things like that. Yeah. Other things I learned were uh, that everybody is, can be anything in prison. Yeah. Because you like you have no way to check their story out, right? So you just have to kind of believe them. Yeah. Um, and uh, the other thing that I try to do to pass time is to join clubs. Like for us, we had Toastmasters. I used to be a debater. What is Toastmasters? So it's uh, pretty much like a speaking group. You just do speeches okay. in front of. Uh, I used to do public. Uh, you know, speeches and uh, did speech and debate in high school and college. So it kind of fit right at home. 
And then uh, we had a music uh, like room to where we could play instruments. What else? Uh, I did college classes while I was there. I tutored somebody while I was there for college algebra. Um, what else? What else? We had, we still had a uh, weight yard or like a like a place to lift weights. Yeah. They were trying to get rid of those in the federal system at least at the time. And, Did you hit the weight yard? You know, I would sometimes. Yeah. But so you didn't come out of prison buffed up. And- no, I went into prison buff, but I came out kind of. I did more cardio than anything. Yeah. Just because the we the yard would always be like just full. So. Yeah. And then on top of that, it was outside, and the weights were kind of dirty. And I was always, again, afraid of getting a staff infection. Yeah. So you stayed pretty low in prison. Yeah. Wrote it out. Did your time pretty quietly. Correct, yeah. And uh, just made the best of it, it sounds like. Yeah, and like, you know, it's, it sucks because sometimes, like, the days don't go by fast enough. Yeah. Especially when you just want to talk to somebody and you really don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it did give me a new appreciation of life. I used to be like a depressed individual before I went in there. And it just made me think of like how much life could be so much worse being like living that way for yeah. a longer time. Yeah. So do you think that prison did it did some kind of purpose for you? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of just made me just, you know, uh, even though people would say that I still act the same. It did make me grow up and just realize that, one, there's no easy way to make money. I mean, there might be, like, some people are lucky. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times luck has a lot to do with yeah. how people come into money, yeah. which is easy money. But, um, yeah. I it, came into some easy money one time. I So I went and bought a $5 scratch off. And okay, hit, yeah, luck involved. Hit yeah. for $100,000. Yeah, so. And it was, a, it was, but it left me so fast. Yeah, yeah. And so easy money goes easy too, Correct. you know. And, uh, but not for all people. Some people can get easy money and they can do something with it and keep it. But me, not me. Yeah. I get it and I'm, it's, it's a it's a party. Yeah. So like Oprah, yeah. you get 100 you get 100 Yeah. Uh, you know, and there are like, so that's that was the other thing too is like when I to the original question as to how it was on like my first day I didn't eat for seven days oh wow I didn't take a shower for seven days You're stressed I because I, I did not know these people like because again you're kind of like uh, brainwashed by what you see on TV mm-hmm. thinking that that's going to be you I do remember on September 12th um, um, my birthday he <laughs> I all my clothes were removed from my shower stall, so I had to come out of the shower stall naked. Well, no, they left me a washcloth, so I had to choose from covering my front or my back. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so. And they all left it. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, they did. And I was like, "Oh, guys, <laughs> very funny." <laughs> But, All right. So yeah. let's talk about life after prison. Yeah. So was, but was it difficult? So it, was hard, out? so it wasn't difficult getting out because I played by the rules. You know, I I was I don't want to screw it up because I thought I was given you know pretty much a second chance at you know having a normal life. Mm-hmm. I was still young um, when I got out. I was twenty three. Hold on, let me do the math. Yeah, I was twenty three. No, it's 22 still. Hold on. No, 
23. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was, I mean, it's still young. Uh, 23, I mean, you still got the, you know, you're still kind of almost just years away from being, you know, the teenager that you used to be. Yeah. So I ended up, you know, getting my <laughs> life back together, went back to college, um, ended up having to get the support from my judge to give me back, uh, to write a letter to UCF to allow me back into um, college for them. Uh, and then um, kind of just played the college uh, game for a little bit. And around 2010 or 2011, started working for Apple and, uh, you know, just lived a normal life. Yeah. What and was your job like at Apple? Uh, I just did the customer support stuff. I At the time, I was still going to school, though, at UWF. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it kind of fit. My degree would was uh, computer engineering, but I had switched over to software engineering, and um, it just kind of like fit, just because it was an easy job to do yeah. from home, nonetheless. Okay. Yeah. So is that what you do today? No, no. I work for an airline today. Okay. Um, pretty much in in-flight services. You're you know, trained as a flight attendant, and uh, you. Pretty much just uh, worry about the safety of your passengers and getting people from point A to point B okay. safely. So that's pretty cool that you can go to prison, have a felony, yeah. and then you can get a job as a uh, on a flight crew. Yes. I mean, and one of the stipulations with that uh, is that, uh, again, you have to wait a certain time. And most jobs are going to not look back a certain amount of years. But for, like, anything that requires, like, an FBI background check, typically for anything major felony like that, it's going to be, like, 10 years. Okay. So Did you get your record expunged? Yeah, or? Uh, so, and that's the other thing is I can't really find my record. Um, and I don't know if the judge had actually done anything about it because I know that she said that she was going to be able to help me out mm-hmm. at the end as long as I was – you know, good. Uh, and I was, she wrote me this nice letter saying that I was a, a role model to other prisoners, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. um, but nothing about it being expunged. So I'm, I'm going to assume it was not, but uh, yeah, it's something that I might try to get, you know, yeah. rid of. Yeah. I definitely would try to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So life is pretty good today. Uh, for the most part. So yeah. you you don't have to walk around and carry that stigma of being a felon or. No, I, I kind of, you know, what's funny is when I tell people that they don't ever believe me. Yeah. So. Well, you know, there's a lot of people that don't look like they've been to prison or look like they've been in trouble. And honestly, you you weren't a criminal, really. You know, not in my eyes. Uh, you you <laughs> weren't out hitting legs. You weren't really living a dirtbag lifestyle. You just got caught up doing some. Well, you know, I mean, everybody quick, makes mistakes, and that's yeah. and the the problem that I always will have with the legal system is that you know a mistake is going could be something that could cost you your entire life. Yeah. And uh, it's just like a speeding ticket, you know? Yeah. Just because you didn't mean to speed, but they still are going to give you the speeding ticket. I don't know if that's necessarily the, you know, was it the uh, the punishment fits the crime kind of yeah. thing? And so that's why I wish that there was more um, leeway given yeah. to where, like, for example, in the federal mandatory uh, sentencing guidelines. Mm-hmm. Why do we have those? Right. You know? Well, you know, and, and some people... 
uh, take it for take advantage of it. You know, they oh, yeah. they take it, yeah. give them an inch, they take a mile. And that was the reason why I, I pleaded guilty was because it it in terms of your score that you get from from you know, the prosecution, in terms of the pretrial sentencing report, it lowers it to where you could possibly get very minimal, you know, jail time yeah. or prison time in this case. Yeah. So. But I just don't know if it's. I agree with because some of these offenses seem petty, you know. Yeah. And yet you have people that spend five or ten years in, you know, prison for something that's like really that you got in trouble for that, right? You know. <laughs> yeah. Especially on yeah. victimless victimless crimes, I don't yeah. really understand why we have to. Because if we look at our system today, like, and that was one thing that I hated about our. I, I was cramped in this small room, right, with sixteen different people, in like this room was probably twice the size of this room right here. Mm-hmm. And we all had bunk, like, literally, I just, it was never like that, though. When they, like, uh, some guy had been there for a while, was saying that, like, it used to be just four to a room. And mm-hmm. you now I have 16 to a room. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yeah, exactly, people. exactly. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that might be one of the reasons why you have, you know, the whole overcrowding in prisons is mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. So, and I think you know you're a good example that <clears throat> this shit can happen to anybody, really. Yeah. You know, like you, you could skate away and and never get in any kind of trouble, and then one day come up with a bright idea and get popped for it by the FBI and the and everybody else at your at your door, yeah, and then treat you like uh, like an animal and. Yeah. Then you have to pay for it, but then you're a good example too on how you can move uh, move away from that and not allow that to hold you down. And, yeah, yeah, and do something with your life. Yeah, because it was good. like my the, my fear was that I was going to have to live with it for the rest of my life, and I still do. But at the same time, it's not as bad as it you know as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because you know whenever you do have the box, for example, if you've been convicted, mm-hmm. you know don't lie because they're gonna run a background check on you. Yeah. And uh, as long as you tell the truth, you know, it might work out for you. Yeah. Because if you lie, that's going to give them a reason to fire you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If they do hire you, if they yeah. don't find it at first. Yeah. So that's why you always disclose. Don't. Yeah. I've, you know, with my with with my record and, and all of my background, uh, that's I, I have found to use that for my own good. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I, well, I was gonna say, you, you kind of proved everybody wrong. It's like you're back, yeah, you're back out trying to you know, do good. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think I think we can use our past experience uh, to really help others yeah. and 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 Becomes make ourselves. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is great, man. I'm I'm really glad that you came on the show and and shared this view of of your prison experience. It's a lot different than some of the people that yeah. I've had, and I think uh, there's people out there that are going to hear this and and get some hope from it. Yeah. And so I really appreciate you coming down, man. Anytime. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Well, this wraps up our episode for the Dirtbag Chronicles. You guys, uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share our content. Y'all have a good night.